guess who's getting some class? I'm going to college. M.L. Elric is going back to school. That's what I call marine biology. Hey, boys, here's a couple of pens in case you learn how to write. Okay. When I used to dream about going to college, this is the way I always pictured it. Clint, when did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. He's not just the big man on campus. Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I'd like to tame your shrew. He's the wildest man on campus. Shake it up, baby! Say when. Right after this drink. <laughs> M.L. Elric, Soul of Detroit. Baby. Come on, baby. Come on, <laughs> You asked interrogative questions, right I didn't It's gone. What are, you doing? what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? There you have it, friends. Uh, irrefutable proof that I was at the first super spreader event at uh, whatever college that was that I went to with Rodney Dangerfield where... It was me, it was Rodney, it was Burt Young. Uh, people, Burt for, Young. <laughs> people forget that my uh, original roommate was Robert Downey Jr. We, we shared a bathroom. Let me just tell you some of the things I found on that mirror and I'm getting in trouble later. But we did share an appreciation for violent ground acquisition games. And that's <laughs> one of the reasons why we've invited a special guest on today, Brian Masalm, who's an MSU trustee who has sat through one of the most turbulent periods in Michigan State history and also a former football player. We'll be talking to Brian about what it was like to be at the table where so many terrible decisions were made, uh, what kind of decisions he made, what he'd like to see happen at, uh, at my alma mater going forward, and how he feels about the return of play for Big Ten sports this fall. Joining us in this, uh, in this uh, I don't want to say inquisition, it's going to be more of a conversation, Mark Fellhauer, Sean Windsor, Matt Jennings, who is uh, an adjunct professor of history, not at Michigan State, but um, at some uh, recently unaccredited community college. And then Joe Zuver is the one who's trying desperately to uh, to get us focused and, and up on time. So, Joe, thank you once again for your heroic but futile efforts to keep us on a on a strict clock. But we will we will try and do better. Uh, if you're watching us today on Facebook Live, our sponsor is Sir Speedy. If you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, then listen up. The new sponsor of Soul of Detroit is Sir Speedy Print Signs Marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi. Whatever you need when it comes to marketing materials, Sir Speedy has you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products, marketing materials such as banners. You ever think about banners? Where can you get a banner done pretty cheap and, uh, and uh, reasonably priced? It's not cheap. It's of high quality. Give them a call. Let them know that we sent you because we want to keep them on the show and we want to sort of build up a little clientele on the east side. You name it and Sir Speedy can do it. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you need. So if you're a company that's just starting up and needs to get your marketing going or you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, you need to call my friends at Sir Speedy at 586-777-7500. That's 586-777-7500. Or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, hey, Brian, uh, thanks very much for joining us. I understand that you were just talking to a newspaper, uh, possibly about an endorsement. What's a, What are you telling people about why you should be returned to the MSU Board of Trustees, which a lot of people 
uh, I think their their main thought about the MSU Board of Trustees is um, where's the tar, where's the feathers, where's the Board of Trustees? <laughs> and uh, you know, I think uh, some of that is rightfully rightfully so. I think um, you know, I think I think the main thing here is that uh, I, in times of crisis, I was tested. And I think uh, when you look at my, the positions, the public positions that I took, I was very critical of the institution. I was the first to meet with survivors, to publicly apologize to survivors. I held a town hall where no other trustee showed up but me. I uh, issued a plan of reform in May of 18, that uh, of which many of my initiatives today have been adopted, like uh, the creation of the Audit and Risk Committee, the uh, creation of the Chief Compliance Officer, um, and if you even even Michigan State's joint resolution with the Office of Civil Rights, both ESPN and uh, the Detroit Pre Press noted that this resolution agreement, um, many of the things they agreed to do were initiatives that I uh, proposed in May of 18, two years earlier. So I think the theme here coming out of this, and not to mention, I think probably the, the I would say the most telling thing and, and the greatest honor for me is that if you take January of 2018, where everybody in the world was calling for a resignation, and you go fast forward two and a half years later, where now that you have survivors and the parents of the survivors endorsing me in my reelection, to me means more than anything in that they've, I've built that rapport and that trust with them. And that I think that speaks volumes. And you know, when, when, and when, the, when the bullets were flying, I mean, everybody ran and hid, and I didn't. I mean, I faced the public and acknowledged our failures and, and really did a lot of things that I thought was common sense, to be honest with you. And um, you know, that wasn't the, that wasn't the, the hard part. The, the hard part was sitting in a room and 12 people looking at you like you were an alien. We're telling seven trustees and, you know, three law firms and two PR firms that our response to this is wrong. And uh, that, that was probably the more difficult part. But, you know, when you believe in something and you, you take a position – and everything that I've ever said publicly, I believe in 100%. Um, I even declining an interview with ESPN outside the lines because I was disgusted uh, with what they did with uh, putting Coach Izzo and D'Antonio to two fine fine men next to that that's that pedophile. Uh, you know, like I, I had to just I had to stay true to myself, and so you know I I, I would argue that you know I'm a known quantity, and that uh, you know I, I I know what's what happened. I, I know what needs to be done going forward, and um, I would um, I'd love to continue to, to you know I have unfinished business. Brian, some people would say that uh, maybe ESPN put that um, connected the story. Well, we know why they connected basketball and football gets eye- eyeballs. That there's no doubt about that. But some people would also say um, maybe it showed a lack of control in the athletic department. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? You know there there. Larry Nasser was never in the athletic department. Um, I think there was a lot of conflating of of issues. Kathy Clegus was. Um, Pardon me? uh, Coach Clegus was. Yeah, so she was, uh, yes, and she was. And so I think, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to make the correlation on some of those things. um, You could make an argument, Uh, but I think throwing their picture up next to him um, I thought was uh, in poor taste. Sure. And that, uh, that was the issue that I had more than anything. Now, I, I, um, I, I love the fact that you, you did come out early, said that th- there's a cultural problem here. Um, we need to have an independent investigation. And then amazingly, well, maybe not so amazingly in some people, uh, some people's eyes, Joel Ferguson 
uh, seem to disagree with that. Was there any fighting with uh, Joel Ferguson behind the scenes after he what made the think? comment about going to play golf? What do you think? Of course. You know, well, I, I would, I, 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 I would know, hope there would be. Oh, I was infuriated. I was infuriated. I mean, I just, yeah, there was probably a lot of things that I can't say here because he just inflamed the situation. Uh, he just inflamed the situation. John Engler inflamed the situation. And, you know, that's why I decided, you know, I'm done with this. You know, I'm, I'm coming out to speak publicly of how I really believe. I don't, you know, you know, your lawyers, I don't care. They're there to advise you, you know, and then, but you, you have to go with your gut on some of these things. I felt we, you know, we obviously came across as tone deaf. We came across as obviously because of Joel's comments, insensitive, out of touch. And, and I, I refused, you know, to take that position. And so against the advice of all the lawyers and everybody inside, you know, I, I decided to say the things that I needed to do and call for this independent investigation. And so, you know, there was, you know, there, there was a lot of things behind the scenes. There, there were a lot of people that disappointed me in the way they reacted. And, you know, look, look, even like John Engler, getting rid of John Engler was, wasn't a partisan issue. I mean, he accused Rachel Den Hollander of taking kickbacks from her lawyer. I mean, we, you know, Joel Ferguson defended John Engler. Um, Dan Kelly's a Republican. Dan Kelly wanted uh, John Engler to resign. It wasn't a partisan issue. We didn't have any partisan issues. That's why I ran for this position is because it, it was about as nonpartisan as as partisan could be. I mean, we never had Republican Democrat issues because we were all Spartans. At the end of the day, we wanted what's best for Michigan State. And um, and the partisan stuff didn't really come into play until Engler came. So I mean, Brian, 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 oh. five, not eight. And I had a problem with that. Brian, our show has has taken a position. We've advocated that uh, while people in Ann Arbor uh, had a lot of fun and bad taste uh, making fun of Michigan State because of what happened with Nasser, we we don't excuse what Nasser did and we don't hide from it. But I've urged people not to reciprocate by making uh, light of what happened at University of Michigan with Dr. Anderson. But do, is there any part of you that wonders, like a lot of Spartans, like where is ESPN now? Where's outside the lines when it looks like we may have a, a longer running and more severe case of someone betraying the trust of the students and other people who uh, they were supposed to protect? Well, I think, um, you know, it's all you're in the business, right? COVID has dominated the headlines. Um, so that, that, that's kind of pushed that story a little bit to the back burner. Um, but I'm not worried about that. What I did is I called my friends over there on that board. Um, and I put them in touch with Rachel Dunhollander and I put them in touch with survivors. And I said, don't make the same mistakes we made and, um, consult, be transparent you know, let her guide you, let the team guide you. And, and because I don't want them to go through what we went through, learn from some of the mistakes, some, some, some of our, we made, I mean, we all made mistakes and, you know, I, I a, there's a lot of good people on that board. There's a lot of good people at that university and there's going to be a lot of fallout from that incident because these things are not time stamped. You know, I mean, this is, you know, this is something that, you know, some of those, the regions are going to have to deal with and are going to have to, be public and open and honest and transparent about what transpired. I mean, you know, that's really my, that's really my focus. And so I'm, you know, I, I wanted them to get in touch with survivors. I wanted them to start speaking to them and to, to realize these are real life stories and how to handle situations like this, because, you know, we obviously handled it very poorly. Um, and so th that's really the position that I took, but you know, yeah, I mean, I thought we were unfairly targeted on some things and, 
and then fairly targeted on others. I mean, uh, but you know, I just, you know, the whole picture thing disgusted me because I know, I know who Tom Izzo is. I know who Mark D'Antonio is and, and, and I'll go one step further. There are people within the university structure who know who Tom Izzo is and Mark D'Antonio, uh, who they are, who the survivors trust. And, hey, and hey, they speak very highly of them. Hey, Brian, speaking of the, the university structure and getting back to this idea of being tone deaf, uh, I remember that winter when it, was, when it, when it happened uh, two and a half years ago. John Engler, because I was a lot of basketball games, you know, it's my job, right? So John Engler's courtside for all those games kind of sitting there and, and, and the look was, I didn't think a good one. A lot of people didn't think a good one, but speaking of the structure, have there been conversations? Have you talked about how to kind of prevent that sort of thing from happening again, where the whole university is taking a hit because you kind of can't control certain things. I mean, what's been put in place to, I mean, pre- that, to prevent know, that, that from going those forward. Are, those are optics that we can't control, right? Those, those are donors that have seats that, um, you know, can pick and choose who they want to sit by them. And I thought optically, you know, that that was very, very, that was terrible. I mean, that was terrible, which is, you know, which is why I'm going to, I went to Beatman final four. And, you know, if you go back and look at the video, I said, if X, Y, Z wants to bring John Engler to the games, that's his right. But every donor is going behind us, the trustee behind. And so, if you if you look at the final four, that seating was not. If you look in D, Washington D.C., I mean, at the at the regional final, it wasn't that way because the optics of that looked terrible, and so that was my position. Well, speaking uh, speaking of optics and, and moving on to to COVID and how the Big Ten handled, and you know, Michigan State jumped out right away and said, "We we don't want to have students here." Um, are you happy with the way the Big Ten handled their decision for fall sports? And um, optically, are you happy with the way they handled it? So I think, you know, I think the, the radio silence um, was, was bungled, the PR piece of it, I didn't, I didn't like. Um, but I thought that the, the diligence on the medical part and the medical task force, ta- task force put in place, and the infrastructure they built for the extra testing and, and the protocols they put in place um, were very impressive. I think... Uh, you know, our president is an infectious disease doctor who has full confidence in their process. And he came back very supportive of it, which I support, especially being a former player. I also support putting that same type of effort in our non-revenue sports as well and doing those same type of things, just like I support putting um, those type of efforts uh, for uh, some of the lab, instructional labs that were some of our students are missing uh, currently right now. So, you know, we hire the, the president to be the CEO of the university and his background was a plus in this situation. And he was comfortable with the processes that they put in place. And so as a trustee, I have to believe in his leadership and, and, and support that. So Brian, I, I got two questions for you. The first one's a, a yes or no question. If you were still on the varsity football roster, would you play or opt out for this season? You're talking to kind of somebody who's a hypochondriac. So as of right now, but back then when I was 21, when I was invincible, thought I was invincible. Yeah, I would have played, sure. Okay. And the other question is, uh, you know, we went through a big search for a university president. Uh, it, it seems like we've got the right candidate, at least so far. Uh, it seems like we got, we got lucky who's someone who has an epidemiologist, which is, you know, that's kind of a lucky stroke. He wasn't, we weren't thinking about COVID when you guys hired him. 
But we have an athletic director with no experience running an athletic program. We are in one of the Power Five conferences. We are one of the top programs in the country. I mean, you know, I'd say at least in the top 25, top 50. When when we had Mark Hollis there, we had more championships and more success as an athletic program than any other program in the country. But instead, you guys hire a dude who basically was taking notes for you for a little while. I mean, what happened there? Should we should Spartans be confident that you have someone who knows what he's doing? So Bill Beekman worked for the board, um, and he's probably one of the smartest human beings that I know. He knows the university structure inside out. He understands every silo within the university structure. He understands budgets. He understands a lot of these things that will make him a very good administrator and manager. Um, you know, does he have a Rolodex, um, you know, three deep to go hire certain coaches in certain sports? Uh, probably not. You know, ultimately that job, the performance of his job, I mean, did he, did he do the right thing? Did he hire the right football coach? You betcha. We got the guy we wanted. You know, that's his, that was his first big test, you know, and then the, it's, you know, we hire the president who evaluates the AD and going forward, you know, he has the support of the president and he's got the support of this board. And, and right now in this environment, you know, coming out of Nasser with a legal background, with a background in compliance, understanding budgets and, you know, his, his, his background is actually a plus in this environment. So, you know, I, I, I again, right. The situation is fluid and, he has the support of the president, the support of the board, and I think uh, Spartans can take comfort. He made the right hire in Mel Tucker, um, um, and, and we're going to move forward with him. You know, Brian, going back to your uh, playing days, one, uh, you were an offensive lineman, correct? I was. 100 hey. pounds ago, 25 years ago. <laughs> but you're still on the stat sheet. One reception, minus five yards. I want to know about that play. <laughs> Well, Nick Saban called uh, the fumble roost. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Was it a tip pass? Got, I'm guessing. The ball got batted up by a D lineman, and I, I caught the ball and, uh, you know, got did seven guys tackled. But uh, I do have one reception, and I am in that stat sheet. That is correct. What did you weigh when you played? So I played, that was 297. I played mm-hmm. next to Flozell Adams, you know, for 12 years. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, he played in the NFL for 12 years. And, um, as today, I'm, I'm literally, I'm about a hundred pounds lighter and you know, I feel great and blessed. And, uh, it was, um, it's, it's amazing how fast time flies, you know, mm-hmm. it's, well, speaking of time listen, flying, Brian, I it, think we're at the point you have to go. If, <laughs> if, if you have another minute, we'll keep you, but if you have to make your next appointment, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you, we'll let you skate. Uh, I, I got a few more minutes. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, so you blew that play. Let's talk about that play. So, no, no, so so you you played for Saban. You were on the board with Perlis. I don't know if you were recruited by Perlis. When you look well, back at at Perlis and his time on the board and, and with the the athletic department, what, what can you say about that? You no, know, I got an affinity for George because he brought me to Michigan State. I mean, he gave me my chance at the university. I, I love Coach Perlis, and I'll always love Coach Perlis. Um, what about, what and, about and, trustee Perlis? How'd that, how'd that fella do? You know, you, you got to understand when, when I got on the board, he was getting sicker and, and he, and he was, he was unhealthy and he wasn't as engaged. And so he, he began to deteriorate. So, you know, as a trustee, he didn't have as much input. And a lot of that was because of his health. And he, you know, uh, I wasn't there for the first few years. Um, but uh, you know, he was really sick towards the la- you know, his latter years when I, when I joined. So uh, I don't, I didn't really get a true depiction of, um, 
of trusty pros, quite frankly. Okay. And, and um, no, just, no offense to George, we don't want to speak ill of the dead, but, um, but yeah, I, I think if he'd left his football coach's legacy would be a little richer, but um, in, in terms of students paying full tuition while taking classes virtually, is that something that's likely to be taken up by the board or do you have a position on whether or not it's appropriate for students who aren't getting the full experience to be paying the full load? Well, I think, you know, the degree still says Michigan State. Um, they're still being taught by Michigan State instructors. Uh, our job is, you know, to provide an, uh, an education. 75% of the classes are already online. And so I think, you know, I think though, if there's any claims for any type of tuition reduction, it would be those that are losing lab time, research time within the labs. But at the end of the day, you know, the, we're an institution, an academic institution, where most of these things are, are being done virtually anyway. So we're, you know, President Stanley's position has been such, and, and uh, as a trustee, I support it. And now uh, you're in an election, and we, we hit on the Nasser stuff earlier, but you actually do have support in this election from some of the uh, survivors of Larry Nasser, correct? I do. That's probably, you know what? And that's, look, let's just be real here. These titles are fake. All right. This is, these are temporary. We are temporary placeholders of an institution that lives in perpetuity. You know, you're not important. The title you hold is important. And I think, like, I'm a Spartan before anything. I was a Spartan before I was a Democrat and win, lose or draw, you know, I can sleep at night because I, I did what I believed in. I made my dad proud. You know, I, I honored my mother's legacy and um, having support of the survivors is very personal to me. Yeah. Something are, that, are you, something that, are you happy with how title nine is treated now after the, uh, the memorandum that Obama put out? Is, is that, I mean, are you happy with, you know, the preponderance of evidence and how that's treated amongst uh, the athletic department, or is it still slightly confusing? I think, I think, I think what it's atrocious right now in the regards that it's very hostile towards survivors. I think Betsy DeVos has rescinded the dear colleague letter. And, um, you know, I think, which makes it extremely hostile towards survivors. So there's this intersection of, of, um, you know, of, you know, of, of just, the burden of proof, right? Preponderance of the evidence and without, without an, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And so I think preponderance of the evidence is a deterrent because there are so many survivors afraid to come forward because there are so many survivors that are never believed that, that don't make reports. You know, I think preponderance of the evidence is a deterrent. And, um, you know, I think Betsy DeVos rolling back the dear colleague letter is, is something that, um, that is a, a um, we, we need to, we need to get rid of. Hey, Brian, before you go, tell us a little bit about that, that radio spot that you played for me with your daughter. She, uh, she's going out on a limb here and she's endorsing you, which, uh, you know, she may regret that later. I don't know, but that's, you know, you got a kid endorsing her dad who's doing yeoman's work, putting in tons of time, uh, getting not compensated for it. Uh, what's wrong with this kid? It cost me, listen, a lot of ice cream, a <laughs> lot of lobbying. Um, and, uh, you know, my son said, uh, dad, are you using Sophie? Mm-hmm. He said, no, she's just helping dad. And so I, I'll tell you how that idea came up and I'll, and then I gotta, I gotta go. I'm sorry. Uh, it sounds like she's using MSU to get more ice cream and we'll play the she, spot. She for just, folks listen, a so we would sit there and we would, we would, uh, you know, I, you know, they want to watch a game. Let's go. If we, they win, you get ice cream. You, you guys, you guys can put up your iPad for an hour. Um, and, but, but if they lose, 
but if they win, you get ice cream. You ready? And so they'd sit by and <laughs> and sit there and they you'd never see them cheer louder, you know, as they would wager an hour of their iPad time for ice cream. And uh, when MSU won, nothing made them happier. Um, but really that idea was hatched out of, uh, so when the interview committee came back, they talked about a story that Robert Sala um, said, told them. Robert's a defensive coordinator of, of the San Francisco 49ers and uh, somebody from Dearborn that I'm very close to and known him since he was, uh, you know, five years old. Um, his, you know, which by the way, his destiny probably lies in Allen Park, not in, not, not in uh, East Lansing, but he told a story of um, when he was putting with his son and he has told his son, uh, do you want me to make this putt? Cause they were wagering on something. And his, and his son told him, yeah, dad, I'm on your side. Of course I want you to make it. And it just, and like, it, it, it just resonated that, you know, if we could just get back to this, 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 this kid mentality, right. This innocence of, of, of just, thinking that way and uh there's just so much division and divisiveness and partisan you know the well, the country's so divided and i, I just it, that's what that's where this idea was hatched from that you know we're going to do a radio ad we're not going to talk partisan we're going to talk about ice cream and we're going to talk about you know things that are light and soft and heart forward i mean it's there's just this i'm just i'm really dismayed with what's transpiring in the regardless of which side that you're on i mean you know, Dan Kelly is a Republican on our board. We're very good friends. Him and I, we're very, you know, we're very practical, pragmatic. We're Spartans and we want to do what's best for the university. And we just, you know, we, we just, this, this country needs to get back to that. Well, Brian, we'll play that commercial on our website. Um, appreciate you making the time to come on with us. And we hope you're buying your daughter a lot of ice cream. And we hope it's at the MSU Dairy Store. Brian Masalem, uh trustee at Michigan State University has been on the firing line. He wants to go back. That's kind of crazy, but we're going to wish you luck, Brian, and thank you for joining us here on ML Soul of Detroit. What you wish for, huh? (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Brian. Take care. All guests of Harriot ML Soul of Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. Oh, what a terrible song. I can't let that play anymore. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Even, even, when the, uh, even when the fight song geek does it, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds fantastic. But, uh, yeah, Brian, I, Brian was... Guy, uh, man. Yeah, he... Um, you know, so we're not a political show. We're not a sports show. But, but I, I hope that people... We're an outwork show. Aren't necessarily, aren't necessarily Spartans are, are thinking about some of the things he had to say about the return to campus, about whether or not kids should pay full tuition even though they're they're watching class on tv and and this notion of going back to school i i thought it was very interesting to hear that president stanley supported uh the return to play because there were some some rumors and sean you may have gotten caught chasing some of this last week that michigan and michigan state were going to hold out against the return to big 10 play well that was ridiculous though i don't know if that's true or not but uh well, you're talking about the, I think it was a Dan Patrick re- report that had it, which oh, yeah. immediately is refuted and said, no, if, if we're playing, everybody's playing. So, th- I mean, that was the problem with it. There, and, and Brian even said that there wasn't much from the PR angle. They handled it really bad. They did. And now people are going to look at it and say they're coming back strictly and solely because of the money. I think that's a big portion of it. But I think the fact that they do have the right testing that they're comfortable with and the cardiographs that they're comfortable with, 
But I, I figure, and, and I know a guy who wrote a big column about it, that it mainly is about money. And that guy's sitting to my right. Well, I think it's not just the money. I, I Actually, I wrote more about the pressure, the, the societal and political pressure, right? Look, they, they made the decision they were willing to go without the money, right? So they, they knew what that was. What they didn't know, I mean, they probably could imagine a little bit, but the backlash that they received, right? Sure. I think I think mm-hmm. that, and I'm, you know, I don't know if President Trump's call to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, made any difference or not. Uh, Warren didn't say one way or the other. Trump obviously said he did, but it wasn't just Trump. I mean, there was it was the parents and the coaches were lobbying, right? Ryan Day, yeah. Ohio State's coach, the Nebraska, group of, uh, Nebraska talking about leaving the Big Ten. Well, and they were filing lawsuits in Nebraska, a couple of people, and then. Nebraska's big reward, by the way, with the new schedule is they get to play uh, Ohio State right off the bat, and I think they cross over with Penn State in the East. So. Yeah, so that'll be nice. But uh, yeah, no, there was I'm not that scared of Penn State this year. So it was the, it was the pressure of that, the pressure then of the rest of not the rest, but a couple other leagues starting to play, not the SEC, but the ACC and Big Twelve both held games, and uh, I, you know some games were canceled. But so the optics of it, right? The NFL started, yep. so it was starting to look like, hey, maybe we can, you know, society. In some parts of saying we can do this, the Big Ten's not. I think that motivated as much as anything else. They did one really smart thing that the Pac-12 didn't do, and that was they didn't shut down practice, whereas the Pac-12 said everybody, you know, they didn't, they didn't continue practicing, whereas a lot of the Big Ten teams did, so it was a lot easier to start quicker, too. So the Pac-10 really boned themselves. Well, I, I, I um, am really concerned about student safety, and I'm very concerned about people putting themselves at risk without being compensated. And I don't want to compensate uh, college players beyond the handsome compensation package that they already receive. <laughs> but I, I will say that based on what's happened in Detroit. What you can't see is Mike Elric's pocket watch oh, in the I, double-breasted suit he's wearing. You know what I mean? He's going to pull it this, out at any time. Has this not moved you on paying players? He wears a monocle. What are you talking about? <laughs> at all? Shit. Would, uh, this has not shifted your position on paying the players at all. I would shut the season down before I'd pay players. I think I think when you pay them, you you take the student out of it and you just make them semi pro athletes, and that's that's ridiculous. But As what he I, adjusts his ascot. What I've what I've speaking of how is that different where, from, that from the where, yeah where did where did that where did that ask got a microphone from yeah, I don't <laughs> speaking know. of ascots but um what about paying the students that work in the MSU bookstore. Yeah, they they, they are doing a job on the campus. The players they, are doing a job on the can, campus. They continue to be paid, by the way. In fact, they were hiring, but they don't get free clothes. They don't get free travel. They don't get tutoring. They don't get nutrition. Yeah. They don't get. Uh, if you're you a know. capitalist, you say the value of that work isn't as much. I hate to say that. And, and there's nobody in the bookstore who figures at the end of their four years working at the bookstore. Now I'm going to get to manage a bookstore. So really, it's about how much they're paid, not the fact. No. It's not the principle that they're paid. You're okay with that, no. apparently. And, and and you know we're going off the rails here, and I was going to make a really important God point. God forbid but, we actually be interesting. But, Sorry. Uh, but ah! I see the, it's the, uh, the the nattering nabobs here. But um, but there, when you start putting one kid above the other, not just on talent, but now on financial terms, you're going to tear the team apart. Right, because you're nobody lives in a capitalist society and they're not, they're not used to it. that at all. It's ironic to hear you defending capitalism. You I'm want everybody to wear Birkenstocks and stop that, shaving their armpits. I'm not just saying one way or the other. That's the way it is. It's like playing football in high school and having an offensive lineman on one side and one on the other and one lives in a trailer park and one lives in a gated community and saying, okay, they can't play together what, what because are, they don't go home to equal lives. So now you want to pay high school players? No, I'm not saying that, but they understand that life's not fair. 
What are you basing the issue? Exactly. Of? Come if, on. If they well, this do, is if, our shitty debate. If um, they get paid, why do you, why are you saying that would tear the team apart? Because when you have somebody who says, "If I catch more balls, or I get more carries, or I make more interceptions." I make more money. Then you see guys who stop blocking. You see guys who say, give me the ball. Give me the, give me the ball. You're hurting my money. You they're see off the team. I mean, uh, not off the team. The, the These NFL coaches are not like going to get that. rid of their best players. What they're going to do is they're going to say, Hey, you offensive lineman who Sean cares so much about where he lives in a trailer park or in a penthouse. I don't even know where the hell that even comes into. Is that some illogical shit you threw out there? But you got <laughs> no, that offensive no, lineman who says, know how to work together. I'm understanding they don't make any, the same amount of money. I'm not making any money. Maybe I God. won't risk getting my knee torn apart to, to throw a block for this guy. Who's an arrogant asshole who all he cares about is oh, doing autograph signings and events and selling jerseys and trying to get wow. on the, cover of nice, broad, okay. nice broad brush of college Saving athletics so here's what we got mark we got somebody who's projecting their insecure jealous view of humanity <laughs> onto freaking college football players that's and basketball players hey let me just tell you it's my insecurity that has me standing next to shorter people <laughs> oh, okay i just that's how i want to see you tall i won't change my mind on anything regardless of the facts that are set out before me i'm dug in and that was your great debate. Actually, what I was going to say is that the city of Detroit's instant testing program for police and firefighters shows that it is possible to try and keep a population healthy under the right circumstances. But we lost that all in, in this uh, in this this rush to try and ruin amateur athletics. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. No, Mark, thank you for once for not letting him hijack, uh, you know. Another uninteresting topic. I'm not going to say another word because I don't want to get more. And off I'm track. the one that gets branded the communist on this show. I cannot <laughs> believe it. Well, you 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 do live in Potemkin Village, Washington. County. Oh, but I acknowledge the world we live in. What's what's the world you live in? You, you got uh, locally is, sourced organic. Not everybody gets, makes the amount of the same amount of money. Yeah, and, and and guess what? In college, they don't all have to make. Some kids get scholarships and some wrong, don't. Dude, I enjoy a fillet of fish. Come some on, kids man. get to start and some don't. You, you're the ones with your organic prunes and asparagus. Uh, it's it wasn't. Tips. I don't eat organic prunes. I just I'm not feeling well. Well, that so doesn't. I apologize. That since you want them to all be unpaid, why is it fair that some kids get to start and some don't? Why not uh, everybody gets to start and have the equal amount of place? Well, exactly. Wants to be so that's, egalitarian. That's based on talent. Well, so is oh. paying people. No, it's not. To, paying them is based it's based yes to some extent on talent but their talent their mark. talent is allowed to shine based on other people who will not be compensated when is your talent going to be allowed to shine so Sean, they you're the nfl players okay so this is our goddamn great debate <laughs> sorry for the blasphemy you sons of bitches no what, what we were supposed to talk about oh i know what you, you wanted to argue you, about because you love to shove cameras in people's faces <laughs> and knocking on their doors and you wanted to justify that that was supposed to be our debate yeah, so let me tell you how that hierarchy is. There's some, there's some, uh, some, some people who uh, there's a hat they sell named after them. It's pink. You put it on top of your head, and some presidents grab you by it who just sit there and say, "Oh, no comment. Okay, thank you." And then there are warriors. There are people in the trenches. There are people who demand answers. Who Dude. think that the people deserve to hold the people who want to represent them accountable. Those are the people. I see what you're saying. You walked up to those doors knowing full well it was just for the intro for this mother freaking <laughs> podcast. No, that's not true. That was there I was, was, there I was, was always an, there's always a 
an entrepreneurial angle underneath. Uh, you know what I mean, Mark? But I admire it. Wait a minute. His house was paid who's, off when he was 24 years who's, old. Who's talking? How can you not admire that? Who's talking? Yes, yeah, some uh, some li- high school lineman in a trailer park paid it off for me. So uh, life isn't fair. You're right. How is it that I'm an entrepreneurial guy when you guys are sitting here writing checks to 18 year old kids? I mean, come on. Yeah, because they don't they're, they're, they don't work. They're not worth anything. You're right. I like your world. Right. They're worth they're worth a hundred thousand dollars or more, which is what they're paid to go to college. Um, he thinks we're in 1840s London, doesn't he? You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't get What is it? Is that a dick? Everybody goes, yeah, everybody goes to. I guess yeah. you are what you read. Do you, do you still have open sewage? <laughs> yeah, cholera. Exactly. Come on, man. Since 2017, the Hope Not Handcuffs program has helped 4,600 people get the help and resources they may not have gotten otherwise. Anyone struggling with a substance use disorder or addiction, whether it be heroin, painkillers, cocaine, even alcohol, can go into one of 100 participating police locations and ask for help with no fear of being arrested. The police officer will treat them with compassion and call a volunteer angel. They will come to the police department and assist with paperwork and making phone calls to get them placed into treatment that day. The first step doesn't need to be the hardest. There is hope, not for me, unfortunately, but if you go to hopenothandcuffs.com, that's hopenothandcuffs, all one word, dot com, to learn more, then you can make that first step toward recovery. Thank you very much to Hope Not Handcuffs for sponsoring our great debate. It wasn't that great. It's not quite over because I, 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 I persist in this notion that you are, so, okay, let's forget it. We're, we're not going to pay the kids. They're not going to get money. And now we're going to put them at risk of, of, of potentially uh, uh, long-term disease. That's why I'm against the return to play, although I can see the testing may make it viable. But I don't think you can put people at risk like that without paying them. And I think when you pay them, you destroy college athletics. Uh, wait a sec, though. Don't they assume some sort of risk by the nature of the game in and of itself? I mean, they could easily develop CTE, which uh, for a young person is worse than maybe getting COVID. Um, I don't think the CDC has prescribed uh, guidelines for avoiding uh, CTE. Okay, uh, they, they could easily COVID. they could easily blow out their knee, and because they don't get paid, they also don't get health coverage after once they're out of the school. Well, they they do get paid; they get free tuition, free clothes. No, but I mean, when they're when they could have a a long term injury that they're then on their own after. Oh, I, abso- I, I, I my, absolutely. My point is, you're assuming some risk when you play football. This year, they're assuming the risk of coronavirus and. COVID-19. I think the risk that you're talking about, not only do they assume them every day, but there there are efforts being made to mitigate those with better helmets, with better pads, with different ways of tackling and things like that. We are trying to find a solution to those problems that are not so prescribable like a like a vaccine but, but i am other ways to mitigate it of I universities mean, taking this massive massive budget they have and providing some sort of insurance policy for every student on the team on every team whatever the sport is who suffer a debilitating injury where they will be they will receive some level of compensation to help support them for the rest of their life but they're also doing some kind of mitigation for covid so you're, you're still against it I'm I'm against it strictly on the grounds that that I think this is one more step to professionalizing college athletics and really not college athletics, just the lucrative ones because the kids on the uh, on the ribbon and juggling the ball on my neck team, no matter what happens, they're not going to get paid shit. Yeah, because they don't provide any revenue. 
But aren't they also taking the risk? I mean, aren't you guys saying that the reason people should be compensated is because they take great risk? There are lots of gymnasts. There are lots of divers who uh, end up. No, 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 no. That was in regards to uh, returning to play. Because they generate funds, right? They generate a lot of revenue. Yeah. So you guys, so you you high-minded guys just look at these kids as assets. They're just they're just cogs in the great athletic machine that churns they out. Are at, they are. That's how the system treats them. We're saying it, pay them. You've, and you and have men, bowed to the system. No, you want them to be indentured. We're saying pay them. No, that's how the system is. They don't want to play anymore. They don't get paid anymore. And their pay is a hand. Uh, believe me, as someone who's paying two college tuition bills, they are compensated. So that's, that's not the cost. But, but you know, that's not the cost of the university. What you're paying in tuition, right? That's not what the cost is to the university and the scholarship they provide. But that aside, they are a nonprofit, so therefore they have to spend all the revenue. So instead of the money going to the players, it goes to you know the 15, 16, 20 associate athletic directors or fundraisers that they have in and of the apartment or or department. They also use it to build, you know, waterfalls and these fancy locker rooms. I personally would rather see it go to the players. I'd rather see it go to the racquetball team. I'd rather see it go to the varsity speed walking team. I'd rather see it go to the varsity. They're not earning the money. I know. But what I'm saying is if Mark's argument is they make all this money, they have to spend. I'm like, great. Spend it on having more sports or spend it on the people that are bringing in the revenue because sports should teach you about life. You guys think that life is sports, and that's a mistake. No, that's we why don't. you're sitting there watching those damn TVs. No, we on think Sunday. if you earn and you have a value, then you should get paid for that value. That's all. It's called a scholarship. You're rewarded. There's your scholarship. That's not the same. That's not enough. Were you making that much money when you were 18, 19, 20? I wasn't a, a. You didn't have the talent. Exactly. I still don't have any talent. Any, How any are you getting paid way, now if it's based on talent? I'm not. Oh, stealing. I, I get a face mask Damn from you. Thief. I don't get paid shit. Me. No, I was thinking about I was thinking about your real job. That's me. Let me just make I drive all the way out here. I park behind your little whatever with your Spartan plate and your boss uh, Sean yeah. just admitted that he's he's not worth a damn. Can we get you know, can we let him go? Come on. Can we can we maybe Mitch Allen can write an extra column every week? Oh, the, you're you're an Uber capitalist and <laughs> that'll cost unless, more. unless it doesn't suit you. But that's what we've learned in this debate, right, Mark? I'll get I'll get back to you later, boss. Sorry, I gotta take I, another call. I gotta get back in the air. Sorry. Sean's done talking, so I'm back. Yeah, hey, sweet. What's that? I, I know you're not the only person that feels this way. I just I don't understand I don't understand the logic behind it. I I don't get it. Well, I can't make you. He's a communist. I can't make a blind man see even. I, I, but uh, I think I, you have this that. fear that it's going to ruin the sport. I don't know why you, you would think it would ruin the sport. I think it's already ruining the sports. Look, look at how okay, well Johnny Manziel turned out. Then give up your season tickets. But the debate is, should they be playing if they're not paid? Now, you guys say they should never be playing if they're not paid, and I'm saying I don't think they should be playing uh, because well, those are two, I don't want them to be paid. Those I thought the separate deb- things. So we'll start with the fact that they're not going to be paid. Uh, so then in that light, should they should they play? I think it's up to them because they're assuming the risk that they normally would take. I thought the debate was should the public be able to protest at public figures' homes? ML's mad, so he changed it on the fly. You know, if they are paid – that's probably not going to be enough to get him through, but if they call Luke Nowacki, I bet they can put that money to good use. <laughs> oh, some, now he's back to being a capitalist. Go some, ahead and read people, your reads. Some people like to save up for something really nice, like a new earring that looks cool. Or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s when dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing, and college athletes were pleased just to be out there on the field of valor. If you're wondering how you can budget for a major purchase, call Luke Nowacki at 248 248- 
663-4748 or email at elnowacki at pinnaclewealthstrategies.com. Tell them Sean and Mark sent you because they wanted your sons and daughters to get all this money and then COVID and all that other shit. Uh, Luke will assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals if these two knuckleheads don't call them to die. You know, the good thing about Luke is when you call him, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? The geeks have not just inherited the earth, they've taken over this show. And if it wasn't for our generous sponsors, I'd still be fighting a rearguard action against injustice. Which, going by you, you would give that money to Matt Jennings, right? <laughs> the sponsor money. I mean, that's what you're saying. Matt yeah, is, that'll work. Matt, yeah, uh, I agree. Why not? <laughs> Matt exists to spread knowledge. Maybe oh. maybe you could absorb some. You know, it'd be, Yeah, okay. Soak it up a little bit. Maybe okay. It, We'll uh, we'll spread that okay. around. Okay, okay, brother. Campus. But um, uh, before we get to uh, before we get to our geek of the week uh, or new geeks of the week, additional geeks, I want to talk to you about a, real quick about the original Detroit Lager. That's Altus. It's making a comeback here in the greatest city in the world. Altus is the do anything anytime with anyone beer. I love to grab a case whenever it's hot out, whenever it's cold. It doesn't matter. Altus is the beer for any occasion, and I always try and make sure I have some stocked at home. The fun fact about Altus is it only takes six of them to make anyone a 10. There's a lot of things that started here in Detroit that went away, but boy, am I glad Altus is back. It's a lager that packs a punch. It tastes delicious. It's seriously smooth. It's full of flavor. Unlike the original, I mean, it's just as cool looking as the original. It's just as genuine as the original. It's brewed right here in Detroit. I got to confess, it tastes a lot better than the original. So go pick up some cans a day. It's on tap at bars near you. Cadu Cafe is it on tap at the garage bar. Stop by and get some. Or just go to the store. If you don't know where to go, go to altus.beer to find the location nearest you. I promise this beer is insanely good, and you will be thanking me for the suggestion. And might I add, get some pretzels too. So our geek of the week. Uh, I don't know if uh, if Sean's going to allow me to go first. How, what's happening over there? It's, I love it when you speak. Did you that, uh, that like that? You know, drop your voice down a little bit. I, I would say I love it when you listen, but so far I've, there's no evidence of that. <laughs> Is this just, NPR one? Just that you hear. I didn't know that, that you were listening there. It's, uh, um, You're right. I do generally tune you out, but I'm trying my best not to today. Okay, so you got a geek of the week. I think it's his condescending voice, but go ahead. You want to go first, Sean? You think it is? Like a little bit. It's the tone. A little think? bit. Yeah. It, little this bit. is a this is bit. my condescending voice. No, when you go really deep. And- oh, uh, sorry. I I was trying to start with my condescending. Am I, voice. Who's, am I going? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know I had a lower gear. Um, Sean, if you would, if you'd care to start us off, I'd be happy to uh, to share your wisdom with. Uh, sure, it's with not really wisdom, listeners. My my geek of the week is. Uh, Sort of a mystery, uh, not not to me, maybe to Mike. I don't know. An unknown. I mean, we we know there's somebody out there. Could be several people. But come on, uh, Ann Rand, spit it out. Come on, man. This <laughs> Ann Rand. Let's go. <laughs> I'm about to shrug. Come I'm, on. Uh, come on, Atlas. Come on. <laughs> I uh, the CDC, as we all know, posted um, information saying that coronavirus cannot be spread uh, through the air. To, uh, an aerosol, maybe further than six feet away, and then quickly pulled it down. I think within what hours? 
Yeah, very fast. Very no, fast. it was like, a couple days. It oh, was, was up there before. I thought it was up for seven hours. And then no, it's, it. CNN noticed it, reported on it, and then somebody said, oh, that shouldn't have been up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was up there, I think, like Friday, and they yanked it down on Sunday or Monday. Right. So the CDC is not just going to mistakenly say, right oh, this, they is, killed how, Ruth this is how we think. Right. This is how we think. And then say, oh, we made a mistake. We really don't think like that. Somebody above the CDC decided that that was bad and they needed to pull that down. I don't know if it went all the way to Trump or somebody was trying to make President Trump happy. Who knows? Whoever made that decision, my guess is it was probably a few people, is a serious geek of the week because we got to have science, folks, don't we? We got to know what the doctors are thinking. And this is what they think. It may not be politically expedient. It may be uncomfortable. We got to know that, period. Here's my problem with that is I don't know if they pulled it down intentionally. I don't know if it was, as they said, a mistake. But my problem is the CDC has become so politicized that I don't know. And when I don't know what the the government agency that should be more important to me than any other right now is doing and why they're doing it, that scares me. Thanks, John Galt. Okay, uh, Mr. Mark? John Galt. Nice nice reference, bringing it back uh, to Ayn Rand. Um, But... Uh, so I, mine's kind Call of you a, Howard Rourke. <laughs> mine's kind of a, a broad brush of people that set up fake or non. Um, uh, what's the right word? One Burner that's not, n- not authorized GoFundMe accounts or oh. charities. And it, it came up again today because Ahmad Arbery. We, I think we all know the guy who was jogging and then shot by the two vigilantes and, and murdered. And the mom has come out today and said, you know, there are three profit nonprofit or GoFundMe or Facebook um, accounts that are trying to raise money and knock it off. We just want to get justice. And, and it just, it sucks that people are out there to take advantage of these tragedies without, without getting approval. The, apparently there's just no way to stop it and it's going to keep happening. But uh, and that just I, rubs me the wrong way. And I, I would assume rubs everybody the wrong Except way. Except for our, cause he likes to take other people's money and distribute it as he see fits. So I'm not a GoFundMe fan. In fact, when we do our fundraiser for, uh, for Clark Park, we use Patronisty, which is a local mm-hmm. uh, version, but a better version of GoFundMe. We did use GoFundMe initially, and when uh, I contacted them and said, well, how do I get uh, uh, records to to donors so they can use it on their taxes to get a tax credit? They said, yeah, we, we don't do anything like that. I'm like, well, why not? And they said, well, because we don't even check if the people who use GoFundMe are nonprofits or not. We don't know if they're charities. We just, we just run the site. I'm like, oh, okay, well... Uh, Okay. Um, all right then. Um, and then, uh, you owe us uh, $10,000 and they said, yeah, we take 3% off the top. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine because that's what credit cards do. So I expect 3%. That's worth it for, mm-hmm. for the help. And you know, you host the website and that's cool. I say, okay, great. So, so now you owe me, uh, $9,700. And they said, uh, actually, no, you have to get the check from our banking partner. And I said, well, I got a bank. Can't you just release it to my bank? And they said, no, you've got to use our, our, our banking partners. Oh, they've all become pretty much banks. Yeah. I mean, that's really what yeah. a lot of the online websites are that do that. They're banks. So I said, so what do they do? You you tell them how much I've got coming and they cut me a check. They said, yeah, that's pretty much it. I said, okay, cool. Well then, you know, who do I count? They said, well, that's, that's another 5%. <laughs> I said, so wait, so my $10,000 just turned to $9,200. Yeah, well, what are you going to do said, about it? Yeah. Well, I go to patronist. Exactly. Like 
But uh, yeah, so go, GoFundMe, yeah, and you know they should be the ones just saying, "Hey, we got a lot of people trying to raise money for uh, Mr. Arbery. Uh, who are you guys? You know, for the three percent, the eight, the five percent, the eight percent overall, they could do a little due diligence. So I think that's she's particularly mad. I think there's two Facebook um, fundraising sites and groups, and she's like, "We just want justice. No, we don't want this, and the, the people aren't listening to her." Have you gotten to your geek of the week, Mike? Are you still piggybacking on Mark? I'm I'm living. I'm all sorry. I, I stepped out. Of this, tell. I stepped out of the studio for a second, and you're still talking about this, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> it was perhaps you had to get a sip from the fountainhead. <laughs> okay, so, I'm I'm tapped with those okay. references now. <laughs> yeah. Plus, the, the you would I would think you would like all that literature, Anne Rand, right? You're, I, you're I, rather Randy in anyway because you like to think of the great people need to make all the decisions. It's really not so much about capitalism as you know they're great men mostly, right? Like you, well, I'll admit who want to, to run everything else. I'll admit to being a little randy from time to time, but I, I was <laughs> impressed with the Howard Rourke reference. I had just looked that one up. I had no idea that uh, right after being a, a figure in Anne Rand's literature that he would run Fantasy Island. So Howard Rourke, very multitasking a gentleman, and looked fantastic in that white suit. I have a few. I have a white suit. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. I wish you had a white flag with a blue Wait, shit right now. Cumberbund. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wear it next it, week. To, to, I will. If it fits, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Um, I didn't then, say it fit. Oh, okay. Well, it's, uh, so I. I this is a struggle. I love how flustered he is. This today. is a struggle. Can we reset, Joe? Can oh, we? No one in the world doesn't center around him. He is lost. I, I think Jennings fell asleep. I don't know what's Cal, going on. He's totally frozen. Calgon, take me away. Okay, so my candidates see. are uh, the main, the main family that had the big wedding. That has led to multiple deaths because uh, they did not take any of the COVID measures. Uh, or the gender reveal party out West that led to the death of at least one firefighter and set off some crazy wildfires because people are just so in love with themselves. But really, my geek of the week is Lindsey Graham. And it's not for the reason you might think. Please hear me out because I know there's a lot of people going like, you're picking on Donald Trump again. Why is it everybody talks about snowflakes being such chicken shits, but then you criticize Trump and everybody turns into a, I don't know what the opposite of a snowflake don't is. Don't mess but, with my uh, dictator. <laughs> they start getting, uh, yeah, it's a tater tot. That's, uh, that's you know, it's cre- but let me explain why Lindsey Graham is my choice because I think we were going to debate whether or not uh, the Senate uh, has the right to name and ratify a replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but we dropped that topic because we all agreed it is the Senate's right. Um, the, the real and and whether it's well advised or ill advised, we're not going to get into that because we're not a political show. But Lindsey Graham, to me, epitomizes what's wrong with American politics because there is so much cynicism and yes we're used to politicians flip-flopping and yes we're doing what's in their best interest and we we're used to them doing what they can when they can but just listen to this cut from lindsey graham really don't care if an opening comes in the last year of president trump's term and the primary process has started we'll wait to the next election and i've got a pretty good chance being the you're on the record yeah all right hold it he says hold the tape so this is what i'm talking about not only does he go out there and take this position which he's not obligated to take but he takes a position but then he's so nervy that he says you can use these words against me Mm. well fate has it that the words are being used against him and his response is y'all do the same thing i mean 
this is what's wrong with our politics. So Lindsey Graham is my geek of the week, but all politicians from both sides of the aisle who tell us one thing, who brag about it, who make it a point of pride and then reverse themselves with no reason other than we can and you would do it. That is why we can't talk to each other, why Brian Masalm was saying things so hostile in this country. That is exactly why, because politicians like this, and today it's Lindsey Graham, tomorrow it could be a Democrat, but politicians of this ilk are poisoning this country. They are a toxic waste pool. It's not a swamp. It's a toxic waste pool. They're everywhere. And so if you are someone who thinks that this is okay, you also are my Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. Well, there's, there's flaccid sausages, and then there's delicious sausages, and you can find the best sausages at the butcher shop, which is the place to go for prime meats. It's the butcher on Orchard Lake Road, just west of Middle Belt. Go in this week and spend $50 or more and tell them ML sent you, and the butcher will give you a free pound of breakfast sausage links. All this sausage is made in-house from scratch by Chef Dave and our own Matt Jennings. Go to thebutchery.com to see all their amazing selections and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up daily. You want to reach him? Give him a call. 248-682-COWS. That's 248-682-COWS. That's their number. They even have small private cooking classes with Chef Dave and Chef Julie Hubbard. Check them out. It's worth the drive, I promise you. And when you get there, make sure to tell them that ML sent you. Hi, Matt. Yep, yep. Hey, guys. Matt, you've been waiting patiently to pay athletes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't mind. They, des- they deserve it. Matt, get to the point. Hey, now you're all voted three to one, ML. Yeah, but he's endorsing the wrong show. It's just, it's pimping for the Drew and Mike show. Those kids, I know they need a break, but uh, <laughs> come on. Okay, Sausage Man, what happened this day in history? Okay, in 1934, Portsmouth Spartans began oh. their first NFL season as anyone? The Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. And uh, they had a pretty good season, too. I think it was like 10 wins and three losses. And I don't think much has changed, really. I mean, I can tell you the one thing that the 34 Lions have in common with the Lions today is a Great Depression. And there's, (laughs) yeah, you know what else they have in common with today's Lions? They have 34 professional football players on the team. Matt, 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 Matt. Matt. I love ah. you. I love you, my man. I'm no comedian. My, Mike Elric, I guess, thinks he's a comedian. But maybe when you're in it, a joke, don't end it with a comma. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's more. I was expecting. Well, now, uh, That's what I was know, expecting. I've often thought that Sean was like an old woman, but now I know he's a grandma. Oh, okay. Well, you won't have the. That's pretty good. You won't have the worst Matt, chance. Don't today. laugh at you're, that, please. It's not good at all. Keep it coming, Matt. You really. Well, I, you're I'm really telling you, up. though. I'm, let me let me just. There's explain no reason to, you. to suck up to him. <laughs> let me just explain to you as a kid how much I loved the Lions. Um, not just be my cousin, my my brother, all the kids in the neighborhood. I mean, we'd go out like every every morning on Saturday, and you know, just kind of toss the pros. Is this your next one, by the way? We started feeling better after a while about the Lions. Uh, that wasn't a comma. That was an ellipsis. That was actually that may have been a, that may have been a suicide note. 
Did I, did I dwindle away or something? <laughs> it's okay. No, I our audience a soft did, exclamation point. Uh, to those of you hey, still with us, apologies. Uh, Matt, redemption is thine. Oh, go. go power, forth. power forward. Go forth. Well, I'm a, I'll miss you guys. In 67, a serious <laughs> fight broke out between two fraternities during a concert featuring several local bands at a ballroom in West Philly. And, of course, that fight uh, cut the concert short. But good thing, because the one of the singers from a doo-wop band named Daryl met an R&B guitarist by the name of John, who later oh. became Hall & Oates. That's not the fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, by the way, uh, I, I thought it was. By the sorry. way, this isn't West Philly, so I don't know how local those bands are, but go ahead. Well, they, they later became on Oates, Holland Oates, and they they sold over eighty million records. At least that's what John Oates told me when he took my order at McDonald's. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what was your order? What's your go-to order at McDonald's? Does it have to have uh, a toy? Two, two, two McChickens and a Whoa, and a, and a McCock shake. Spicy or that not? That sounds a lot like the lineup for this show. Spicy or no? Uh spicy, extra spicy. Okay. Hey, you guys remember Chernobyl, right? Yeah, well, do you rub the sauce you know, all over the, your arms? Is that why you cut your shirts off? Yeah. Will you stop? <laughs> you know the place, you know, Chernobyl, the place where you were born with two arms and you yes. know, the third one was free? Yeah, 86. Yeah, the disaster almost as bad as K-pop. K-pop, yeah. I can think well, of a bigger disaster. More recent. <laughs> the Ukraine. God if you're setting Christ. this up, man, <laughs> just Matt. to set it up, just to set it up, then I think we're in trouble. In 2000, we are in trouble. In 2007, Ukraine announced that they were covering up Chernobyl with steel plating, and that is quite a big endeavor. Last time I saw something covered up that big, Tiger Woods is putting his pants back on. Now, I'm not saying that it's radioactive or anything, but he's the only golfer I know that on and off the course, he used a ball washer in between holes. Wow. Um don't don't sign. I don't know what to say. I mean, don't, don't sign your card at no, the end of that no. round. That was uh, <laughs> that's, that's a DQ. I was going to read the David Hall spot, but I got to put some space I, between that and David Hall. I like yeah, it though. No, yeah, do not do that. Um, yeah, from gay jokes to race jokes. That's great. We're making progress. Uh, God, well, they're jokes. Was, yeah, they're jokes. They're jokes. Yeah, we got one more. Go forth. Nope, I'm done. That's, that's it? it. Come on, man. Are you really done, no, or are you, just, are you mad? No, I'm not. No, I am not mad. <laughs> you got to have no, one I just, more. I had some riffing that I was going to do, but, you know, Sean's, Sean's hurt. And no, no, I'm not hurt. I'm not I just, running late. I just like that. I mean, when you're setting up a joke by reading a table of contents first, you know what oh. I mean? Oh, poor man. I know. Well, that's how, how do you, how do you think I prepare for a book? I can't just jump in and read something. I got to know what I'm expecting. That's true. I'm, what kind of sauce do you put on your, than, your chicken sandwiches? Better than just looking at the pictures like I usually do. He's dejected. What kind of sauce do you put on your chicken sandwiches? Um, <laughs> Garlic ranch. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Manny. See you again. There's an all-night party in room 7609. Just 
of the reasons we conceived of Room 7609 is to give the show a little bit of a lift. Music has the power, the ability to transcend, to take us from a dark place and put us on a higher plane. And so in that spirit, I want to say, Matt, as I see you strap on your seatbelt and put your truck into gear, please do not park on the train tracks. I know there's probably a temptation to do so right now, but I want you to deliver that load, and I just want you to just come back stronger and better than ever, little buckaroo. Keep your eyes on the All road, right. too, my man. Who's making the gay jokes now? To, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you call yourself little buckaroo, I guess so. But uh, but no, just keep two hands on the wheel. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate you uh, teaching us a little bit about history. We also appreciate... My good friend David Hall and Hall Financial, who are uh, working around the clock to help people save money by refinancing. It's a great time to look at your options, and it's why many people are refinancing right now. If you haven't refinanced in the past year, what are you waiting for? The interest rates are as low as they've ever been, and you can you know lower your monthly payments and maybe save a couple of monthly payments by refinancing as we go through these very turbulent times. And uh, and why not see if you can save some money by cutting your term? Maybe get a shorter window. Sean talked about how fast I paid off my house because I would rather pay more for less time and leave more money in my pocket. If you're worried about uh, people coming to your house, don't worry about it. They can, they can do curbside appraisals. They can let you know what your house is worth and get you a good deal. Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business. That's why they have nearly 18 billion five-star reviews from Michigan homeowners. Go to our webpage and click on their logo to get started. Or call 248-308-5000. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention, and Duran Duran. NMLS, 1467435. We're taking a trip north to Canada.
So I think there's a chance that this tune, Canada, K-H-A-N-D-A, uh, or no, K-H-A-N-A-D-A, anyway, Canada, yeah. uh, uncommon spelling, phonetic spelling. I think there was a chance it was going to make it on the album until the A&R guy said, okay, okay, I'm with you. I'm like, oh, okay, wh- 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 where'd the sitar come from? Yeah, it's a little wacky of an ending there. Yeah, and what's that little jangly thing at the end? He's like, "Yeah, we got enough good tracks. Let's just, uh, you know, let's 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 make that a B side." And it was the B side. It was the B side of the second single that Duran uh, Duran released, which is called "Careless Memories." But if you like B sides, and if you like Duran Duran, there is a YouTube playlist called Duran Duran B sides, and there are some amazing tunes from Duran Duran that didn't make it because these guys, once again, were way more than pretty boys. They had a lot of music in them. They're still performing and Mm -hmm. and producing some good music. One thing that they do that's a lot of fun is things called night versions of their songs, which you may think of as like an extended cut or a remix. There are tons of night versions out there that are sort of not exactly B-sides, but it's, it's great music in a way you hadn't heard it before. But uh, when I think of new wave bands with B-sides, Duran Duran is right at the top of the list. They have more great music that was kind of thrown on the other side of a single. Remember back when we used to get singles and shit like that? Um, and Canada is one of my favorites. What What did you guys think? Is that, did you, now, so you know it's Duran Duran because I, I, I threw sure. that out there in the intro. But if you had not heard their name, who would you think that band was? Rush. Oh, damn. Oh, it is kind of a rush light. Well, yeah. the baseline. But no, but more importantly, do you feel a bit better now, Mikey? I mean, you got to do your bit. We followed the script. You got to talk. Nobody interrupted you. Are you feeling better? I, I was just going to say something. You interrupted me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's it's hard to uh, misplace uh, Simon LeBond's voice, though. It is. No, for sure. But the baseline was a little rushy. Yeah. But somebody pointed out, maybe it was you, Mark, that the drums were nowhere near. I don't know. Yeah, not strong enough per, to be a rush. Exactly. Well, it's because he, he didn't have 77 different things in his kit. I mean... The thing I admire about Neil Peart more than we got to stop talking about Canadian. Every time we talk about a Canadian rock band, I lose a job. But um, and if you want to know what we're talking about, I reference you to our guilty pleasures episode, which uh, is kind of the, my out cue at Fox too. But um, no, will you sing some Triumph for us right now? Uh, again, I'll, last I'll time through, you know. <laughs> last time I, I saw some saying some Triumph, I had to uh, I had to change uh, change workplaces. I love that. My kids loved you saying "Fight the Good Fight." <sighs> Every minute, every day. There we go. Uh, never now mind. you're feeling better. Mike Elric, ladies and gentlemen, has finally returned to his podcast. <sighs> anyway. Um, <laughs> He's so hard on himself. Neil Pert. You, you know, yeah. even if you could be that good a drummer, would you want to carry all that shit around? I mean, you want to load the van. Uh, he's, he pays people to do that. Now, though, not in the, not in the beginning when he's going from uh, from Medicine Hat to uh, Moose Sack Saskatchewan. I mean, or uh, you know, tickly pineapple um, hey man, Alberta. If, if, if that's what it takes to get the pure sound, then you do it. You think that? Speaking of hats, do you think the hat was the key to his drumming? Did he wear a hat? It doesn't work if you do what you love. You remember that. Yeah, um, yeah, ML. It's wisdom from an un, unexpected source. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's true. That's 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 why we do appreciate you supporting our sponsors because we wouldn't do this for free because uh, and we can't. So make sure when Matt, you at the next sponsor. truck stop you get to, why don't you stitch that and uh, we'll frame it and 
hang it up for a mic. <laughs> Before we f- fully move a little uh, needle point and close the door on room 760. Yes. Uh, what is it? 608. Oh my God. 609. You know why you can't why remember dr- it? Because you didn't get one of our chain. great keychains, which are available at the DrewMikeStore.com. But uh, one of the B sides also to careless memories, which it's weird to say that there's a B side, but they would ash- issue, you know, on a 12 inch, a couple songs, is they did a cover of uh, Fame by David Bowie. Did you know that? Uh, I did know they did a cover of David How, Bowie. Is it good or is it terrible? I did not know it was a B-side. They the Duran Duran did a cover album called Thank You, which um, they covered hits of bands that had a great influence on them. David Bowie was a major influence on Simon LeBon and Duran Duran, but Thank You is not a great album. Really? It's not I've a never great even album. heard of it. What uh... the, the Fame cover is okay, but... Uh, what else is on there? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I can White lines. Um, uh, they do a bunch of, and Simon Lebon is pretty cool, but he's not cool enough to do white lines. It's doesn't quite work. Oh, uh, so they released it in 95 white lines. I want to take you higher. Yeah. The, yeah uh, Sly stones. Right. Well, you have to remember that the, uh, the rhythm section, despite your, your slagging off of Andy Taylor um, is a drummer. They're heavily influenced by funk and disco, and that's why you have such a thumping bass, and why why Duran Duran is so danceable, and why the the music has such a strong identity, and why they have these night versions because the night versions tend to be, you know, very heavy on the rhythm section where it's kind of you know let's just take a walk and and see where we can go with this. This is this is really interesting because I'm looking at this the uh, track listing for this album. They're all really good cool songs, but I can't picture Duran Duran doing any of them because they did 911 as a joke, they did Lay Lady Lay, the Dylan song, yeah. and they did uh, Lou Reed in my opinion his best song which is Perfect Day. Uh, but you said it was terrible? Uh once again it would the critics didn't like it either. So um so yeah, I, it was not I own it. Um, and I, um, on what eight track, what do you want? I got it on a CD, but I, I, I do not do you play have a it CD and not just because I don't have a CD player, Okay, but actually we have a CD player in, uh, our Ford, but, um, but I, I couldn't tell you where, where you didn't have to oh inventory God. all your tech God. stuff. I that. Did I stumble? <laughs> in, did I stumble into the wrong studio? This, this is the Drew and Mike show. So, um, that's eight tracks. So, so What's actually eight on? tracks is Charlie. Charlie plays all this, eight tracks uh, Dylan talk and. Lou Reed talk. Uh, Come on. So we're Next, take, we're going to be just, talking about the Beatles. We're just uh, taking a walk stone. on the wild side, Sean. Come on, sugar. <laughs> okay. Hey, babe. Take a walk on the wild side with us. Can you dig it? All right, now we can shut the door. So um, anyway, uh, we have one more week of B-Sides Month here in Room 7609. And next week, I want to tease ahead to a Thank special goodness. guest. We are going to have the lead singer for the Smiths United join us to talk a little bit about a show that's coming up at the Cadu. It's going to be a responsibly socially distanced outdoor venue. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about um, what it's like to front uh, a cover band for one of the greatest new wave acts of all time, if not one of the greatest acts of all time. We will have a uh, B-side from the Smiths. And next month in October, we will be starting with our new wave tunes covered by other bands. And we will start with a Smiths tune covered by a band that you can't imagine even knew about the Smiths, let alone performed. I will just say that they are French and they are fantastic. So that's coming up in room seven, six or nine over the next two weeks. Mark your calendar. And as you know, if you're listening to us, you don't get room seven, six or nine on Facebook. So we appreciate it. If you subscribe to the show, if you uh, get those new episodes that pop right up. And we also like it. If you can support the show by first of all, going to our 
sponsors and calling them and saying you're interested in their product and letting them know how you found out about them. That's ML sent you. Uh, Mark, how do people just straight up give us cash? Uh, MLSolidetroit.com, which is a great website. Uh, the pictures on there are pretty fun to look at. But when you're done looking at the pictures, click on the uh, donate button at the top. Take you right to PayPal. Like how I read a book. What? What? What's going on? Let's see. Ghost. Sorry, go ahead. Ghost in the Machine, also a great new wave song by the police. Um, we uh, we will have uh, Brian Masalem's radio spot up there, too, if you want to hear his daughter endorse uh, ice cream as well as his candidacy. And it's been a while since we've had anybody take advantage of our Cameo program, our Cameo-inspired Cami Soul program, so we may, we may need to pull the plug on this. But if you're wondering how it works... What you do is you you go to that donate page, you donate at least $20, and then in the notes portion on the PayPal page, you put something in there like, uh, hey, uh, you know, can you say something to so-and-so? And we say, uh, hey, out there, um, high school uh, athlete who lived in either a penthouse or a trailer park, I know that you're both different. I know that you're both valuable. But if one of you is a lineman and continues to play lineman in college instead of transitioning to maybe like a middle linebacker or maybe you're big but you're not that big, they make you a receiver or running back, you'll make a lot more money than your friend. And we know that's disappointing to your friend, but but some people think you're equal. I don't know. Uh, society doesn't seem to feel that way. But anyways, your buddy want us to say happy birthday. That's how Cami Soul works. Wow. That's how that shit works. And it's only 20 bucks. So let us know if you're interested in doing that um, before we take it away in the hey, same way. Whoa. What's this guy talking about? In the same way that some people want to rip down amateurism. Never oh, my gosh. Wow. We really got under his skin there again. Never going to give you up. Never going to let like, you cry. Like that's being L. joke 30 that's, minutes later. We're to be on the wrong side of history. Carry on. Uh, Carry uh, on Johnson, college athlete, well compensated. Um, anyways, uh, so that's Cameo. And we want to thank those of you who uh, have donated to us, uh, especially Amy, who says, love the show, and today was especially great. Obviously, we did not just get that donation that came in after our Labor Day show. Thank you for playing Dangerous during Room 7609. So it's good to know that both Depeche Mode and the Soul of Detroit are making money off of one of the best B-sides in the history of new wave music. We also make a little money by uh, by pimping some swag. We have all kinds of great stuff. We have super duper cheap and cool keychains uh, where you can show your love to Room Seven Six Zero Nine. If you ever get out into into uh, the bars again and you reach into your key your pocket to pull out your keys and you happen to bring out that handsome Room Seven Six Zero Nine keychain, that may be where you make that love connection where somebody else says, "Oh my God, you also love Room Seven Six Zero Nine." Well, here's a key to my room. Let's trade. And they may not even be attracted to you. They just may want that keychain, and they don't know where to get them. So, Mark, to save women from making that terrible mistake, how can people find our great keychains, masks, gaiters, T-shirts, hockey jerseys, books, stickers, and soon a nice, comfy, warm hoodie? DrewAndMikeStore.com. Wait, after all that buildup, it's that simple? Will the yeah. hoodies have zippers? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. Let's have a show meeting. Will the hoodies have zippers, ML? Uh, I'm afraid to say no because you guys will both say yes, and then we'll have to put zippers on. Oh, we need, guys I like Mark and I need zippers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're just being real. But that, if that goes right down the middle <laughs> of our exactly logo, where you're that going could with. be tricky. Why? Why? There are plenty of zippered hoodies with logos. Logos, yeah. 
Okay, next week. Everything could be perfect, man. You've got to be able to deviate from the script once in a while. Next week's great debate. <laughs> so true. Zippered hoodies, only on the soul of Detroit. You're not going to want to miss that one, folks. In the meantime, subscribe, share, rate, and love. Um, our feedback, 526 ratings, according to Charitables, an average of 4.8 stars. This week, our latest rating says the show is okay. Okay. Mark does a great job helping oh, out. And keeping ML on task. Mr. Ooh. Windsor needs his own show. I don't know if that's good or bad, though. I well, mean, wait till I'm you probably hear. Not good enough, I'm probably not good enough to be here with y'all. Wait, to, wait till you hear who your biggest fan is. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hugh Jeppinus. <laughs> Do you know this man? I don't. Is this a real person? Does the, does the mail come to your house sometimes addressed to Mr. Jeppinus? <laughs> no? No. Okay. Uh, anyways, Hugh Jeppinus, big want Sean Windsor fan. Um, and uh, he's a leader in his field. Um, uh, so, Mr. Japanis, thank you very much for weighing no, in. No, no, he's not my fan. He doesn't think I'm good enough to be with you. No, I think no, he, he says he you needs have your own show. show. He wants you to be showcased. Because he, because he doesn't want to listen to me here. He wants me off some other place. Wow. I don't a, blame him. That's very cynical of you. God, very negative. I'm, I'm not, not cynical as much as just, you know. If it wasn't one of the, the leading ways to spread the coronavirus, we would give you a hug. Um, world rankings. You like to spread this just, other people's money. I wasn't places. sure where you're going there. You, you, oh. Your dark side of Windsor said, I'm going to say legs, but I, he caught himself. He caught himself. I had no intention of going there. Sorry. Don't project your darkness onto me, please. Just, just a little randy. Uh, world rankings. We are consistently in the top 100 in the U.S., often cracking the top 50 in news and commentary. So we thank you for giving thank us you. that. Yes, thank you very much. We ranked as high as number 27 in Canada. That's the thank you. traditional spelling. The socialists love us. We ranked as high as 93 in the United Kingdom. I don't know how, but if you're listening to us overseas, thank you very much. We just started showing up in the rankings in Germany where we hit number 158, but we continue to struggle in the Philippines where we have peaked at 808. Wow. And I think uh, that is, uh, that's te- just temporary. But for those of you who really like new wave uh, music, you'll, of course, know the 808 drum machine uh, also inspired the name of a band, 808 State. A little more, a little more industrial than. Thank you for the information. But, uh, but just happy to help out there. Sean, what are you working on these days at the Free Press? I'm back with the Lions, you know. So we've oh, got that like, rhythm. The Big uh, Ten's going to come back. What's that, Mark? I liked your uh, Patricia column because that one? really was the um, that what was it, the, 117 the one that, seconds. Uh, okay, what yeah. a total disaster! But that really encompassed his whole reign as a coach here. I thought. Oh, thank you very that much. That's a so, good article. Thank you. So we got the Lions. I'm um, actually going to put together a piece. Mark will maybe agree with this, Ooh. or I would I would think you would agree with this, Mark. Should the players who opted out of the season, college football players, opted out of the season before the Big Ten? Cancel be allowed to come back. Well, that's a great debate topic. Where were you an hour and a half ago? Because that's my column. Oh, you don't want to steal your thunder? Well, now we have, ne- now we have next week set up because I think that is a wonderful thing to debate about. It It is. So uh, so make sure you check out Sean's latest at Freep.com. Uh, we would also appreciate if you would subscribe. It's one buck a month for the next three months. It's well worth it. Keep Sean and I. The, the less money we make at the free press the more time we have to spend podcasting so think of that as an insurance plan against more podcasts so subscribe at freep.com usually there's a link at the end of our stories uh and we also encourage you to continue to support our colleagues here at the red shovel network that's charlie LaDuff's no bs news hour no filter sports with eli denny and bob and the show of all shows your show of shows the drew and mike podcast cyrus take us out Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
bad for this drink. <laughs> hey, what's a bad without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, come over here, will you? Oh, hi there. Hi. <laughs> what's your favorite subject? Uh, poetry. Really? <laughs> well, maybe you can help me straighten out my Longfellow. <laughs> ML Elric? Uh, I think he's in there. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, has anyone seen ML Elric? <laughs> that's what I call marine biology. Sean! Say hello to my nieces. Hey, wait a minute! I really reached my breaking point after I made that jump to heroin and I just knew if I didn't make a change I would ultimately lose my life. I was passing by a police department and I just made the split-second decision to walk in. The police officer greeted me, hope not handcuffs arrived, and saved my life. The first step doesn't need to be the hardest. Let us help guide you to recovery. Go to hopenothandcuffs.com to learn more.